Welcome to the 24 Flicks Entertainment Podcast. Get the latest in entertainment news. Listen to exciting and powerful interviews from artists, actors, directors, writers, comedians, and much, much more. Introducing your host for the show, Marty Jean-Louis. Welcome to the 24 Flicks Entertainment Podcast. We have a writer, a producer, and a director with us today. His name is Nick Westfall. Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Well, we have so much to talk about. I mean, there's so much about you. Uh, you are, like I said, a writer, director, and a producer. So how did it all start for you? Uh, you know, actually, uh, I was pretty naive to the whole process of filmmaking uh, until I was about 25. Uh, so about seven years ago, uh, I thought actors made up their own lines. I had no idea there was a screenwriter behind that uh, and much less. Yeah, whatever, uh, much less what a director was, yeah. So so then what started that? So I um, so I, I was writing books at the time, and my grandparents actually sent me a, a book uh, called Save the Cat. Um, and it's a screenwriting book, but they thought it would just help me with, uh, they, had, they thought it had a couple good chapters on character development uh, for my novel. And then, so once I found out what screenwriting was, I was like, oh, this is amazing. You know, uh, you know, writing novels is sort of a, a lonely experience. You know, you, you do it by yourself. And then by the end, you know, it's whatever's on the paper is what you get. Where What I like about screenwriting is that there's so much white space. And then at the end of the day, you get to make, you know, the movie with, with a bunch of friends. Let's talk about finding home. Tell me about the biggest challenges in finding home your first project yeah well you know the first one uh, if you start from the origin story it's like my thesis script at, uh, at my mfa program at full sale right so i wrote it in a way that like would, would acquire like a 10 million dollar budget you know so that's the first problem number one and then uh you know because then now now with a 10 million dollar budget i don't have that kind of deep pocket so i have to depend on people now and that's that was the big that's a big problem right because you have to depend on money people in order to make that the epiphany I had in uh, in New Zealand, you know, after having written that thesis script, uh, you know, in New Zealand, I had this epiphany. I said, Nick, like, how would you rewrite this script if you had to make it for no money? And I, I and then that epiphany just, you know, just changed the whole script into, um, you know, something that was shootable. And then, you know, we shot that movie for $20,000. I wish I was still making that movie right now. I loved making that movie. <laughs> I was so brand new to the whole thing, you know, because I, I didn't I didn't grow I'm not one of those people that grew, came out of the womb wanting to be a filmmaker. I, I, I mean, I, tw 26 years old, I didn't know. I didn't know what filmmaking was. I, I thought actors made up their own lines. So it's like the I had no idea what it was going to be like, you know. But, you know, of course, that filmmaking is a drug, man. It just you get once you once you get a taste of it on set man you just it's a lot you want to keep having it so yeah, um, the problem yeah but the problem you know we just had you know we we had a record heat wave too um while shooting the movie but uh you know uh it's uh that those are just small problems uh, you know when it, 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 the biggest biggest issue i think all of upcoming filmmakers would probably agree is raising the funds to make the movie which means that in order to tell your story, you need to depend on other people, uh, depend on money people to make it. 
And once I got rid of that idea and fixed my, the way, uh, once I figured out a way to escape the matrix where I didn't have to depend on anybody. Um, I, I mean, I still had to depend on Kickstarter, but I felt like felt pretty good. We could raise, you know, $15,000 on Kickstarter to, to go make the movie. Um, and you know, so all those, all the, everything else is small problems. Now, your second, I believe this is your second movie, your second project, Eight Slices, uh, which uh, is on 24 Flicks. Tell me about how that came about. Yeah, so the, this script came out, um, I wrote this script because I was in a transition period. I had just quit teaching in North Carolina and um, to pursue this dream in New York. Uh, I got an agent uh, after my first movie. Um in New York as well. And, and so uh, it had been like six months and it was, it, you know, I didn't have the screenwriting jobs I thought would just pile in. Right. I kind of had unrealistic expectations because again, I didn't have any knowledge of the, the industry really. And so I, um, I was in this transition period where I was like, man, I'm, I'm really sacred. I, I would, I would not come home for holidays because it's too expensive you know, because it's so expensive to live in New York and all that. And I sacrificed a lot of my human relationships um, and all that. And so I had this philosophical idea of like, what do you really have to sacrifice everything you have to get what you want or to achieve your dreams? And, and that was the, that was the genesis of the idea. And so eight slices is like, you know, about this YouTube star that's got pure gumption, you know, it just want, it would do anything he has to do to achieve his dream right which is sort of the drive you have to have to make it in this industry but then he's but then he's met with this this really lovely group of um you know trailer park kids with all this inspiration um and they work at a pizza shop so it was this idea of contrasting the teacher nick versus the screenwriter filmmaker wannabe nick uh kind of thing so that was the that was the genesis of the story and um, yeah, and we got really great performances out of everybody. I mean, they were really great actors that chose to be a part of it. Yeah, I agree. It was a fantastic movie. I, uh, my family and I, we really enjoyed it. Uh, you could watch it on 24 Flicks. Um, you also had a project with PBS. Let's talk about that. That's, that was an exciting project. Yeah, so that's uh, tonight at Webster Hall. Is this, uh, this little, it's supposed to be a documentary series, but it ended up being kind of this short documentary like 27 minute thing um you know about this nightclub in in new york called wester hall and it's got this rich history uh you know dating back to the al capone days even before that and um you know it's uh, we got to interview a lot of people and you know it's a really big part of the personality uh in the lower east side and the lower east side of manhattan has its own personality and kind of webster hall i would consider to be you know a landmark of the Lower East Side and um, for, you know, for generations. So the, the documentary was really about the last days of the family, the Ballinger family owning it and, um, you know, having to sell it to, or not really having to sell it, but selling Webster Hall to BMG, um, the guy that owns the uh, Brooklyn Nets. And so it's kind of like this, it was a family run business for 27 years, family run club, longest lasting family run club, uh, ever in history and 
uh, you know, and they, and they kind of, and they sold it to a, to a corporation. So it's kind of like, it was, it's about that and about losing, uh, hopefully not losing its flavor, you know, and this kind of raw intensity that that club brings. That's fantastic. And then you got to work on another project, which is 2047. That's a weird sort of name for a project. What is that? Yeah, so th this was a, uh, you know, this is a dance piece. Uh, I got commissioned to to shoot this uh, sort of uh, short film. And um, it was basically about mermaids uh, that were vengeful mermaids that were tired of people uh, trashing the ocean. And uh, it's in the height of the BP oil spill uh, and, you know, all that stuff. And, and so um, this choreographer just, you know, hired me to do it. And we just, we projected the film on the, on the, on the screen. And then there was a live performance on the stage. Uh, it's really, really cool. Yeah. It was a co cool project. So uh, you got hired for your first million dollar movie. That must be exciting, stressful, and lots of feelings there. Tell me about it. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's stressful. I think it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity that's, that's fallen in my lap and, and uh, you know, taking it day by day and I wake up at 4 a.m. and start writing the script and um, it's uh, not a story I had to pitch. Uh, you know, is uh, I got a text message from the investor and said, "Hey, do you want to make a movie?" And I said, "Well, it depends. You know, what's the story?" And uh, he said, "Look up Eric Gales." And so I did, and I was like, "Man, this is absolutely amazing! I know exactly how to tell the story." And, uh, and then he flew us out uh, to North Carolina to meet him, and, uh, and then you know we were off to the races with the with the story, um, but. Yeah, I mean, Eric Gales is, uh, he's a, you know, a child prodigy at the guitar, um, you know, at a very young age, like early elementary school age, he could, he could play any song that you gave him uh, on the guitar. Uh, and he actually plays upside down and backwards. So he's, uh, you know, he's, he, he has his bass strings at the top. So all of his downstrokes have this evil kind of deep tone to him. And, um, you know, and, and so it's, it's about this dreamer, you know, that, you know, got a, his the, the start of his career start it was really early at 15, you know, got a quarter million dollar deal with Elektra Records um, and, you know, and then hit this like 20 year streak uh, down with drugs and, uh, you know, and alcohol abuse and all that stuff. And, um, you know, but while still making music through that period, uh, he, you know, got sober like about four years ago and has recently become like a viral sensation on, on a couple of his songs again. And so it's this really cool, um, you know, kind of redemptive story, um, you know, about a, a dreamer who just, he's just one of those people that derives all of their satisfaction from doing the work, you know, and, and working on his craft every day and, you know, rather than talking about it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, to tell the story. Oh my gosh. That sounds like a, an amazing movie. Um, when do you think you, going to start production on this one whenever uh whenever we don't have to wear masks and do all the COVID <laughs> stuff that's gonna be big yeah um it's it, you know that's like uh you know 35 percent joke but you know it's it's more about you just make making sure i get this uh, this story right on paper right you know it's it, it, it's really cool to have this big budget because we're going to go after big actors that that uh, you know everybody knows and um you know it's gonna it's gonna 
I have a really good feeling about it, you know, but you know, I have to take it day by day, you know, cause right now I'm like 70 pages in, uh, on the script and, you know, and, uh, very, very rough. Uh, so I'll spend like a couple months editing it. Um, but you know, it's a day by day thing. So in your writing process, do you have someone where you can hand over the script and say, Hey, what do you think? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. You need people who will be brutally honest to you and, and to, um, not, not to tell you what a great job you did. Like I have those kinds of readers too, like my parents and, and whatnot, you know, they're, they're always going to say it's amazing. Um, but yeah, you need people, uh, it's a really great talented filmmaker. I'm actually writing a script with him right now on, on every Friday. Um, uh, but his name's uh, Bennett Pellington. Uh, and he, uh, he and I, he's one of those guys that will tell you the truth. And, um, you know, and I see myself as one of those people for him as well. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's, I think everybody has those, those people, you know, it's very important though, to have those people that, um, that can be very impolite about their feedback. <laughs> um, cause you want, cause you want that because you know, polite feedback doesn't help anybody, you know, it just helps your ego. But, um, you know, when it comes to editing the script and, you know, the story, you need to strip, strip away all that stuff, you know, to find the good stuff. So for those that are up and coming filmmakers, writers, authors, what advice would you give them or what advice would you give your young self? Um, that's a good question. Sort of existential. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. You know, I've never been asked that question. So it's interesting. Uh, but I think, uh, I think, so it's going to be interesting to, to answer this because it's very individual, right? And so I'm glad you mentioned the younger self version. So I'm going to attack it from there. But my younger self, I think when I quit teaching in North Carolina to move to New York, it was this idea that if I had to go back to teaching, I had failed. And this was a, this was a mindset that I had, this kind of narrative uh, that I created in my head that this is just not true. Um, and, uh, you know, I would tell myself that like, it's, it's great to, you know, have money and not, you know, to be a thriving artist and not a starving artist and to, to do all of these things. Cause when it comes to writing and, and filmmaking, you know, and I've also never been anything other than a director on set, you know, I didn't come up, I didn't, I, I kind of escaped the matrix in that way. So it's kind of unfair for me to even mention any of this stuff because it kind of, I, I, I'm an, I guess an outlier and only in the, in, in the way that I didn't do the hierarchy of film. So I, speaking from just that point of view, I, um, you know, I, I would tell my younger self that, that, te that, you know, right now my life, I mean, this is, I live in the best possible version of my life now and, and I have a stable income and the, you know, the film stuff, shoot commercials, all that stuff. You know, it's like I, I get to choose whether I want to do that now rather than, you know, having, to, you know, if I don't do this job, I'm going hungry, you know, next week um, <laughs> right. kind of thing. You know, um, it, it, it's a blessing when you when you can do that. Um, very tough, though. Um, Correct. But, you know, for, for young people just starting out, it's like you just you just have to keep writing every day and you can be you can work and do it. I mean, if you're. If you're writing more, well, I'll speak for myself. If I write for more than three hours in a day, I, it's like that fourth hour, 
I'm, I'm deleting more than I'm actually writing. And I'm not really getting much out of it, you know? So if it's only three hours a day, you know, you know, wake up at 4 a.m. and, you know, get it done. You're, you're done with your writing day by 7 a.m. like me. Right. And, you know, go, go to work so, and then get, get, get paid. Got to get paid, man. Got to <laughs> make your money because when you, when you have money problems and you're trying to be creative, it's, man, it's, that, that's the worst. I mean, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Now, staying on the same subject, what's the best advice you've ever been given? <sighs> About filmmaking? No, in general. In general? Um, uh, yeah, well, I mean, again, it's really specific. I, I consider myself to be one of the luckiest people on the planet. You know, I had a really great uh, parent growing up and my dad, especially is my hero. And he gave me, I was having, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm 32. So I grew up in the kind of the, uh, what do you call it? The child, no child left behind Bush era. Right. And so in sixth grade, one of the ways that, uh, the no child left behind manifested itself in, in sixth grade or, or for sixth graders was that you had to kind of have a career path, right? You had to t you choose whether you're going to do this college tech prep or college prep you know, route through high school. And I had an existential crisis, you know, at sixth grade, you know, a little 12 year old guy, I mean, crying, you know, or 11 year old crying. And uh, I asked my dad, I was like, dad, I have no idea what I want to do, nor should any sixth grader really know what they want to do. Right. But anyway, I talked to my, you know, my dad about it. He said, Nick, <clears throat> you can be anything you want, anything at all you want. He said, you just can't go into retail um, because that's what he had been doing because <laughs> uh, that's what he had been doing for like 30 years. And, you know, he he he, he didn't like missing holidays with family because, you know, he had to work. And uh, so I said, OK. And so it comforted me a little bit. But I was like, wait, wait, like, what would you do? And, you know, if you were my age and he said, Nick, I would forget the money and I'd be a PE teacher. And I said, well, OK. And he said, uh, you want to know why? And I was like, yeah, of course. And he's like, because I could wear basketball shorts all day long. I could teach kids how to play sports. Dude, I can't believe I get paid to do what I do. I have so much fun uh, teaching these kids. And, and it's one of those things, like, as a, as a PE teacher, I, I feel comfortable saying, like, I'm a really good PE teacher. I know that. Like, I can feel that. Like, empirically, I can kind of measure that. If I ever said that about being a filmmaker and like I'm a really good film, it's so hard to measure that, you know, it's so subjective, you know, and teaching is subjective in a lot of ways. But there's at least empirical evidence about how you, you know, um, affect the lives of the, you know, the kids that you teach in and, and it's, it's fulfilling and blah, 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 you know. But yeah, that, that would be the best piece of advice. I know that has nothing to do with filmmaking, but it's, it's the idea of uh, – the cliche, uh, you know, as you get older, you probably know this too. It's like all those cliches start to become true. You know, right. it's like you can be anything you want. It's like, it, it's uh, like made me want to throw up every time I heard that. <laughs> but now it's like, it's true. And in, in trying to teach these kids, you know, that, that, that the possibilities, you know, and, and yeah. But anyway, that, that's my best piece of advice for sure. Um, now, what, what about criticism? Do you take criticism well? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, that's part about being, you know, the growth mindset idea, right? It's like really, um, you have to be able to take criticism well. You have to try to seek out the merit in it, you know, and uh, see what they say, um, you know, because at, at the end of the day, it, the only thing that really matters is what you think. 
um, you know, about the art that you make, you know, and, um, you know, if it, if it's criticism that helps you get better, it's like, you know, I, 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 I rely on Ben to be as absolutely rude and impolite as possible when he's given me criticism on my first draft of things. Right. Because that's the only way to get better. But I trust, I mean, 100%, you know, his, the, the merit in his criticisms. Now, when it comes to like people like, uh, like film critics and stuff, um, uh, I've actually I, I've done okay with uh, film critics, but the, but the, you know, they, I don't know those people. And I try to seek, seek out the merit in their argument, you know, and um, you know, it's this idea that sometimes people will point out a bunch of problems, um, you know, like early on with the script or something. And, and um, you know, the, the problem, the red flags that they brought up has the merit, right. In it, but it, you sometimes if they offer solutions and whatnot, maybe that's not the right solution, but there is like there, there's a, some merit to the, the 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 red flag they planted for you, you know. So uh, yeah, I'd say I, I I take it as well as anyone, you know. Okay, so if your favorite writer read one of your screenplay and says this sucks, this will never amount to anything, how would you take that? Yeah, I I don't know how much I would I would care uh, about. <laughs> about that that person's opinion i would try to i, I would pop my, my my first response would be uh, okay why and then and then try to find the merit in their answer I got but you. yeah i mean that's a that's a that's a you know that, that's a tough hypothetical you know it's kind of like one of those that i mean it, it because you try to be unemotional about it you know there, it, there's so much emotion that goes into the art making of art that you have to be there has to be a time where you you have to be unemotional about it, and it happens to me every time I make a movie. It's like um, you make the movie and you're editing the movie, right? You know, there's three stages of writing, right? You know, that's the whole cliche. It's like you carry this baby around with you while you're writing the script, and it's only really you and your trusted readers that see it. Then you go make the movie, and then it's this little, it's a bigger baby that you're carrying with and you're sharing with all these people that are helping to make it, right? And then you're editing the movie, which kind of feels like you're making a, a you know, something different. Like you're back to being a, a writer again in alone in a room, you know, right. carrying this baby. But then as soon as it's shown to the public, man, it's like this, it's so weird. Um, and it's, I'm indifferent to the whole thing. I'm not really devastated by it, but it's not fun, nor is it unfun, but it's this separation that you have with it. It's done. It's out in the world. And, it's either going to go to college and have a good career <laughs> as, a, as a movie. It's going to die. It's going to do something. Is so. that the most nerve-wracking part for you, releasing it to the public? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Man. I, I, also, I'm a little bit strange in that way. I don't really get like worked up um, about that kind of thing, at least. But... Um, you know, and now, and now I probably sound like some kind of like Zen master. I am not <laughs> Zen master, but but I have I've learned like here here's the thing like when especially here in LA, right? You have all these people that you meet, and um, you know, and a lot of the people you meet, especially like in the industry, it feels like this superficial. You can feel them trying to figure out what you could offer them, kind of thing, and it's so empty and so. Ah, man, it's, it's the worst. But but there's something about the people that actually do the work here and they have these scars, right? They have these kind of scars on their personality. Like, man, that 
they've been put through the ringer and those are the people actually doing the work. You know, it's like the, you got to be kind of skeptical and wary of the people wearing those nice suits with the shiny, you know, white teeth and, and, uh, you know, but you never really heard of their name kind of thing, you know? So it's, 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 um, you, 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 I think you develop, you have to develop thick skin, uh, or else you're just going to be the most fragile person on earth. Uh, if you, you can't accept criticism or, you, you 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 get your nerves if if every situation you know ends up being a nerve wracking situation for you it's, it's going to be tough you know it's going to be a long really tough ride emotionally for you especially in the entertainment industry you have to have tough sure. skin that's right <laughs> so nick do you have a favorite movie and if you do why uh yeah yeah, I, 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 it's it's hard to say that you have a favorite movie, but I, what I, rather than saying a favorite movie, what I think is a perfect movie is There Will Be Blood, and uh, by Paul Thomas Anderson. It's uh, it's just a really really good movie with good performances, good writing, and good directing. Um, and it's just one of those one of those movies that that uh, that will stand the test of time. People people thirty years from now they'll be watching that movie, um, and you know, it's really dark. Um, my my lady tends to think that I I only like dark movies uh, <laughs> because I'm constantly showing her all of these what I consider to be classics. But uh, yeah, There Will Be Blood is an amazing movie, uh, and it's it's uh, yeah, it's, it's just one one that I can go to to get inspiration from. Whether it's a cinematography thing, a story thing, some kind of performance thing, you know. I mean, plus like Daniel Day Lewis, man, like. You know, he's the top of his craft. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've 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 watched this movie. That's a great movie. I agree with you. It's really good. Uh, do you have a director or a writer that inspired you? Um. Yeah. I mean, like you know, once again, like you know, we're talking about like from seven. Or well, I guess. Oh man, I'm getting older now. It's like I guess eight years now. Uh, you know, eight years ago again never ever thought of what a director was never knew what a screenwriter was so this is all very recent so it all it all changed you know as i was starting to watch more movies i didn't really even watch the movies all, all i cared about was basketball uh back in the day and um but anyway the 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 director yeah i mean paul thomas anderson yeah you know the legend and uh i think what's cool about him is just, i mean you're always guaranteed a very character driven you know story uh whether it's boogie nights and like an ensemble uh or like magnolia all that stuff's going to be very character driven stuff that he he just uh man it's it, it's yeah it's i don't know what else to say i mean other than <laughs> that um uh spike jones is also one of my favorites i mean her was one of my, was probably my my favorite movie until i had actually finally seen there will be blood and um, you know, and he's uh, and he, he's a great writer and director as well. I mean, being John Malkovich, all of that stuff, adaptations. Um, but yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson and Spike Jones was my two favorites for sure. Awesome. Now uh, you love to read. Uh, you are a teacher <laughs> by nature. Um, you're doing a book challenge. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I, you know, I just had this idea over, um, you know, before school started. Um, you know, it, I was reading about the growth mindset, Carol Dweck research study, and I, uh, you know, I, I had this fixed mindset 
that I thought it was impossible to read a hundred books in a school year. And I was like, well, now that we're, I'm going to be teaching these kids about the growth mindset, I have to do this. I have to go see it. You know, I have to go, you know, approach what I've considered to be impossible and go achieve it and make it a long-term goal. Um, and then, you know, anecdotally let the kids know what, the, what you know, the details, you know, week by week kind of thing. And uh, it's been amazing, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's a teachable moment, I think, um, that comes out of it. I try to, I, I've learned that, you know, it's my 10th year teaching and I, you know, you learn that like the anecdotal stuff is the stuff that they like most, you know, the stuff that when you relate it back to your life, you know, like for instance, we just did a financial wellness you know, thing, you know, it's like the unit. And, you know, I, I wouldn't feel good about myself if I didn't save at least 20% of my net income. If I was trying to preach to these kids that they need to be saving their money, you know, because 66% of Americans don't have any savings at all, right. you know, kind of thing. Like I have to be doing this too. So I, I started doing that as well. So it's just kind of the way, you know, I molded my life around, um, you know, teaching and, and I want to give these kids, uh, less maxims and cliches and more evidence uh you know based and not just research but you know full-on things so that was the, that was the premise of the the 100 book challenge and you know being a teacher's being a, a PE teacher especially it's like it's a gift man I can't believe I get to do it I, it, I would do it for free um and wow. yeah wow well Nick it has been such a pleasure getting to know you getting to know all about your projects, your past experiences. Now, how can people follow you, follow your journey through writing and filmmaking? Um, uh, yeah, good luck. Uh, I don't have really, I have Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> I'm of that generation. So uh, that's, that's all I have. Uh, but you know, you just just see the movie. I think it's more about the movie than about me. You know, it's about the the, the art that I that I create. So, uh, all of the art stuff will will have Instagram, Snapchat thing. You know, whatever whatever those other things are. But for me, as a as a writer, I I, I can't have those, man. I they, 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 I would be so distracted. I would never get anything done. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been a real pleasure getting to know you. Hey, thank you. Likewise. And thank you for having me on the show. Are you looking for a safe environment to watch movies and shows? Well, look no further. 24 Flicks is your answer. You can watch thousands of movies, TV shows, without ever worrying about sexual content, nudity, or offensive language. You can get started with a free two-week trial with zero obligations. Watch on your mobile device, on your smart TV, anytime, anywhere. Sign up today on your smart device or go to www.24flix.com, the home of unlimited family entertainment.